0: Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics, John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries, Waterfront Comics does ship
2: to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com.
0: Hey everybody, this is James, and Marco, and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 68. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, we're going to go over what's coming up as well, Uh, the next releases for the next three weeks actually, a review of the new horror film The Invisible Man, and then if you stay tuned after our little outro, we're going to have our new segment after the credits where we're going to be going over our challenge that we talked about last podcast where we will be reviewing A book that we, I mean, that we all listen to, I guess. An audio book, I guess. Well, I mean, I did a magazine, so. (laughs) And that was allowed, right? He's like, I just want to throw these Game Informers, man. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching.
2: Hey, what you watching?
1: Okay, Uh, let's do a little different here. James, what have you been watching? You really started with me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, what we can do with... uh, uh No, we'll I'm go just, back to I'm basis, I am kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: Um, so, I thought, truthfully, I didn't think I had watched too much stuff, man, until I recently went back and looked kind of like throughout the last two weeks what I watched. Or it's you can look points. at your
1: Facebook feed and... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> just go through that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It wasn't even like movies and stuff. So, um, I'll start out with, I finally watched uh, the show The Witcher on Netflix. So, that's eight episodes that are based on the best selling novels and video games. Right on. I gotta say, I mean, if you don't know what it's about, it's about uh it's really kinda it's really hard to kinda explain what the show's about, truthfully. But I'll say this much that it follows three characters um in the show and kind of shows you how their plot lines kind of coexist. It's Would a you say
1: It's about a witcher.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> There's a guy named uh G- uh, Geralt of Rivia played by Henry Cavill he's a witcher a witcher is a person that hunts monsters down for people and uh, they pay him to get rid of monsters basically and they follow his storyline they follow a young um, girl her name is Yennefer played by Anya Shalatra and they go over her plotline as well as she becomes a mage and like I said her her story interwines intertwines, sorry with gerald's and um the last character is a girl named siri played by freya allen who is a princess and on the run after her kingdom falls and they weave the story of the three and they all connect to each other basically because they have a sort of like a destiny together i don't know if that makes sense but the the way that the story's told it's actually told quite out of order yeah you were saying that they do like random time jumps? Yeah, it's really confusing, actually, if you don't understand that. Like, I didn't understand that to like, four episodes in. I was like, what the hell? Because somebody makes a mention of, like, yeah, 30 years ago, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I fucking miss an it's episode? So then the first 30 seconds, too, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, are they messing
3: with me right now?
0: But uh, great dude, Henry Cavill as the Witcher man is excellent, man. He's so good in this role, and... I didn't think I was going to like him at first because the first episode, I think, goes a little too slow. And it wasn't until the second episode and beyond it's when I was really like, okay, this guy's a badass. And I love the action sequences in here. I liked that the story at times is, I don't know, I guess maybe because, like, Game of Thrones was so disappointing that last season. That it's nice to see a, a show that's kind of in the same genre, I'd say uh but with more magic a lot more magic which is really cool because i can see the aspects of like uh the video game in yeah. a lot of the scenes and it's really it's really cool to tell you the truth it's um it's like i said all three uh of the leads are really interesting people and i like their story it sounds like the writing is better than the final season of game of thrones too. <laughs> yeah no i i would i would uh, i'd back that up yeah And what I liked, too, was the fact that the show itself is kind of scary at times. It has kind of more horror aspects to the entire season throughout because Gerald's job is to kill monsters. And they don't shy away from the fact that, like, there's a reason why people hire him to do this because some of these creatures are, like, horrific. And I really like that, too. The creature designs, they use a lot of practical effects in this show, too which is really cool. Don't get me wrong, there's still CG, but I don't I blasted through it in like two and a half days, the whole eight episodes too. Have, so. have you played the game? I've played a little bit of The Witcher 3.
1: So I own them all. I just never played them. Really. Do they use any of the creatures from the games or are they all original? Uh, you know?
0: I would say that they make some... I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for oh, okay. anybody listening, oh, okay. but there's... I would say that they... Borrow some me eggs. Yeah. But the thing is... They use a lot of uh, from, I guess the show is more based on the book, though, mm. which I've never read. And the well, I guess the first book is a lot of short stories, and that's kind of almost how this is told in a way, because Gerald goes on all these little mini adventures leading up to like the big overall story. So I'm assuming it kind of follows that closer, because of course, Makes the video game is a video game, but the book series is probably a lot more detailed. So but yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, I was telling you, I think you would
1: really enjoy the show yeah you've been telling me about it our good friend of the pod scott reynolds has been telling us about it and um i think i'm finally gonna just bite the bullet and i think if you start watching you'll see
0: what i mean and also it's an easy watch with only eight episodes yeah and then i believe season two is i know they're filming it right now i don't know if it comes out this year what do they say or next year something like that so
1: but yeah solid show. What else have you been watching? Oh, it
0: doesn't come out to twenty twenty one. By the way, sorry. Oh, so we have you have some time, yeah, but okay, I mean, definitely, yeah. Uh, so what I also watched was a movie called The Lodge. If you guys remember, we talked about this movie on, uh, what what's coming up like two pods ago, and it was the one because mm-hmm. it intrigued us a little bit. We're like, man, what the hell is this movie about? Uh, it was the one with uh, Alicia Silverstone is randomly in this one, and the lodge itself. Although it's kind of in the same veins as um I would say like hereditary and kind of Midsummer to a point. Now it's kind of a slow paced movie that slowly unravels and you kind of figure out what it's about throughout the movie and it doesn't there's a there's a twist to it too, which I actually liked quite a bit.
1: Nabil likes twists too. Yeah, I know. Always, I know. always a big fan of twists.
0: <laughs> what a twist. Uh, I Overall, it wasn't... I, when I first saw it, I didn't think... Because basically what it's about is a, a son and daughter basically are... I don't want to ruin the whole movie. Like, something happens to their mom in the beginning, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And their dad, who is played by Richard Armitage from The Fucking Hobbit, by the way, uh, takes them along to kind of meet his, like... Fiance girlfriend, right? Because some stuff was going down, you know. So (laughs) it's like I'm slowly ruining the movie. So they go to a cabin, but the dad has to go to work, and he's gonna leave him up there with the the girl. the The thing is, the um the lady that is basically their dad's girlfriend is her name's Mia. Um, she it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, but this is shown in the trailer, so you can see it. She actually belonged to a cult. When she was a kid, where everybody killed themselves except her, so right off the bat, it's kind of creepy, right? Is, their dad met her because he was writing a book about the subject, and then they fell in love, and that's kind of crazy. So they're stuck in the house with that, her for a week without their dad right before Christmas. Sorry, her name is Grace by the way, too, which is kind of funny. Not Mia, Mia's the daughter. Um, and basically they start just noticing weird things happening, like Grace is walking around at night, like talking to herself, and. She seems to she's heavily on medication and obviously is not quite over the traumatic event that she went through as a child, right? So Surprise. Yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie. It's cool cuz the main kid, the uh, the son is played his name is Aiden. He's played by Jaden Martell who was from the um It Chapter 1 and 2. Bill. Yeah, so he's Bill, but uh in this one he plays the son and the whole movie has I think it's really smart. There's a very tense moment at the end where I was... It's hard to watch the screen because it gets pretty intense. Oh, shit. And I would say it's worth a watch. I don't think... It's only in limited release. I don't think it's going to get a wide release at all for this one. So, I would recommend... Uh, you guys might want to... Ch- I mean, you probably, Marco. It sounds like something Debil I'd want to This is probably out. a little bit too much for bill. <laughs> is it a little gory? No, not really gory, but... It's like a psychological thriller, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it with you, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, but I it think together. I think you guys might find some aspects of it that are pretty good um, overall. I enjoyed the movie, but like I said, when I first saw it, it was more because I kept thinking about it afterwards, and I was like, man, because I went and took my girlfriend to see this, and she didn't quite like this one, and I, you know, I, I wasn't shocked, but because at first I was like, I don't want to bring you to like a slow, quote-unquote slow movie, because it looked like it's one of those movies that plays out kind of slow and truthfully there are some pretty suspect uh choices that are made in the movie i think and but overall i don't know i i still i still enjoyed it and it was one of those movies that truthfully if we hadn't talked about it on the pod i probably would have like skipped it so look at that guys look at that our little section helped out yeah it finally paid off look it at that finally paid. i mean we only did it once but i know <laughs> that's what we're, that's what we're doing a second time guys dean Yeah, but other than that, that's all I've been watching so far. It's Like I said, it wasn't much. There's little things too, but uh, what about you, Marco? What have you been watching?
1: I've been watching quite a few things lately, uh, a bit more than I thought I was. I ended up finishing the Amazon Prime original Man of the High Castle. It was season four, which is the final season. It's a sci-fi fantasy, and it stars Alexa Davalos as Juliana Crane, Rufus Sewell as John Smith, and Joel De La Fuente as Inspector Kido. I've talked about this show before, and basically, it's about an alternate universe in which the Axis powers, aka mainly the Nazis and imperialistic Japan, won World War II and basically took over uh, the entire world, and they have split the United States between those two powers um, by season four, the mystery behind the man of the high castle has been solved. And essentially without giving it away, the man of the high castle has been releasing these films that show the Americans and the allies actually winning the war. And this universe is just like, kind of like, what is this real? Is this fake? And both Japan and the Nazis are trying to say, no, this is propaganda, it's totally fake. But it's weird because many of the main characters, like Juliana Crane, see themselves in these videos and they're like, what the fuck? Like, How is oh, wow. this being you know, made and everything? Yeah. Essentially, the plot that has to do with that is involving the Nazis a lot more and their grand scheme to use the secret behind all that as a secret weapon and i'm not going to give away what that is because you're going to have to watch the show in order to see what's going on
0: is the man in the high castle amazon
1: yes his name is <laughs> it's amazon mr amazon
0: yeah mr, where Am- mr. amazon is we're the uh, american's one yeah, someone's basically. like
1: he's nuts um meanwhile he's, while said this <laughs> is the last season as well yeah it's the last season it's only four seasons long and each season's only 10 episodes
0: i feel like it went on longer for some reason I
1: almost want to say the, the first season was like maybe 12 episodes, okay. but don't hold me to it, to it. I'm pretty sure they're all about 10 episodes long. Thanks. And while the Nazis are busy trying to use this new secret weapon, Imperials Japan is taking heavy casualties in the West Coast. They've mainly taken over the San Francisco Bay Area and all the Pacific Coast, and they're losing a lot of resources, and they're being held back by the rebels a lot, so they're debating or the government is debating whether or not to, you know, leave and go back to Japan or stay and stuff. And there's a little bit of a coup going on in, the, in within their government that they're trying to resolve. And that's basically the gist of season four is just the, the culmination of what's going to happen with the people resisting these two powers mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with the secret weapon that the Nazis are working on. I got to say that the ending and the end result was actually pretty good. It's not something too grandiose and it's not necessarily a happy ending. It leaves it kind of open for you to see like where these characters are going to go after the events that happen in this episode. But I really like how they take the character of Juliana Crane from the first season to this season where she's someone that's just drawn into the middle of this whole situation because her sister was part of a weird resistance that is trying to fight off uh the axis powers and she starts off being very afraid and very much a victim and then she turns into like a really strong character a leader someone that takes charge and it's although it's a slow burn from the first couple seasons it really is worth the payoff to see like what her role is in this whole situation overall if you're a huge fan of sci-fi like i've said before you'll you'll enjoy the show the the book that it's based on was written by philip k dick who also did the book that's based off of um blade runner and the show is also produced by ridley scott so if you're a fan of any of that then the show is for you it's only you know four four seasons like i said and although it's a slow burn the first couple seasons the story overall is definitely worth it and i think it's very relevant to today and it may be enjoyable for some of you. Aside from that, I also started the Netflix original. Well, actually, I've continued to watch the Netflix original. Narcos Mexico Season 2, which stars Diego Luna as Miguel Angel. And also stars Scoot McNary as Agent Walt Breslin, I believe. Yes, Walt Breslin is his name. I really loved the first season of this show. And I'm or, I'm only three episodes into the new season. And I'm loving it, too. It's basically Diego Luna's character, Miguel Angel, dealing with the growth of his drug empire and now trying to figure out how to expand his operations even more, all while dealing with a shortage of money because apparently moving from the weed business to the heroin business, the money flow or the cash flow is a lot slower due to the fact that there's a lot more money and it's harder to transport. And in which case it's causing some of his associates to challenge his power so he's gonna have to deal with that and that's pretty much all that's going on right now the cinematography of this season so far is really great they have some great panoramic shots uh they have some great action sequences this last episode episode three had a really intense shootout that was just uh out in the open field and it was just done so great it was action-packed Loved it. Uh, it seems that they've really grown the budget a little bit more for this season. Nice. If you're a fan of crime dramas involving drug cartels, then this is something <laughs> I highly recommend. It's very specific. Very specific. Yeah. Uh, of course, because there's a lot of uh, Spanish characters, and because it's you know taking place in Mexico and Central America, there is a lot of subtitles. So you do have to read, you know, English subtitles. I'm Marco the No. Fifty percent of the time. <laughs> um, good sir. Thank you. But then you have characters like Scoot McNary's character that, you know, speak, speaks English. They do a really good job with the Spanish slang, I must say. Uh, when I'm just watching it, I'm just like, holy shit. They, they really did their homework with this as far as how each dialect works. Because you're dealing with people that are working in Mexico. And also you're dealing with Colombians and people from various regions of of Central America. So to differentiate the different dialects is also pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's on uh, Netflix and each season's only 10 episodes. Uh, I do recommend probably watching the original run of Narcos because there are some cameos from those characters and there are some intertwining stories that kind of sync up and it helps further explain the story. And lastly, just a really quick shout out, I've also been watching Better Call Saul season 5. It's great. It's the uh, sequel slash prequel show to Breaking Bad and you're finally starting to see uh, Bob Odenkirk's Jimmy McGill, AKA, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, really embrace the character Saul Goodman and start to go down his slippery slope of becoming a quote-unquote criminal lawyer. Um, it's on AMC on Monday evenings right now. Yeah. And I highly recommend watching the first four seasons, which are on Netflix right now. It's an excellent show. I think it's up there with Breaking Bad as far as it's as far as its quality goes and the writing. I would and, agree. And yeah. and the expansion of these characters like Saul Goodman and also uh Mike Ermintrout is also interesting to kind of explore. So highly recommend it. Another crime drama. I'm into crime dramas and sci-fi lately. I can but, tell, man. You got the yeah. serial killer eyes on you, bro. I know, right? I did. I did all those documentaries too on serial killers You're and like, stuff. So they're
2: people too, bro. He's in a dark place now. Yeah,
0: I can tell. Jesus, exactly.
2: God.
1: But Towards yeah, nothing
0: but. Uh, I can see his cross tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> you can see kinda, the tear. The tear tattoo. me out. Tattoo
1: I didn't realize Marco wore makeup to cover that shit before. But that's uh, yeah, that's all I've been watching. What about you, Nabil? What have you been watching? I've done a bit of an
2: eclectic viewing over the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Uh, well, that's all the time well, we have let's for this segment, guys. What's coming up, guys? Good. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched uh, an older film uh, called Forget Paris. Uh, it came out in 1995. It was, uh, actually... Wait. What is the it, is fuck? This, okay. Is this the John Travolta movie? No, no. no okay. This is, this is directed and written by uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal. Well, I was going to say, man, you're on a you're on a Travolta kick ever since no. your Punishment movie. I, I think I've had enough of Travolta for a long time. <laughs> it's also starring Deborah Winger as Ellen and Joe Mantegna as Andy. And so basically, Billy Crystal's character, his name is Mickey. He's an NBA referee, uh, meets this woman named Ellen. She's an American airline official who lives in Paris. And they develop a relationship of ups and downs, and it kind of goes through... The, from, from the beginning of the meeting to uh, where they are now in their relationship. Never seen the film. I, I hadn't watched a lot of early Billy Crystal films. I know I saw it When Harry Met Sally uh, just actually last year for the probably the first time. I mean, is 95 considered early Billy Crystal, bro? Well, for his romantic really? comedies. He was doing a lot of romantic comedies in the in kind of the early 90s. I
1: don't know. Throw Mama from the Train wasn't really a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah not really. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, he did do quite a few of those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when when Harry met Sally was like eighty nine, right?
2: So. I think it was like ninety. Was it eighty nine? it was ninety one. Uh, I'd never seen the film, and I thought I thought it was actually pretty pretty funny. I I, I forget how funny Billy Crystal actually is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? he's he's hilarious. Too. Yeah, uh, you know the writing was really funny. It, it you you look at, you know he's he's very uh, confident in in the film this one and he, as as he was in when Harry met Sally, um, as a character and. You know, just kind of is set in his ways in this film, and wants and but is is finding love and is trying to find a middle ground without having to change too much about his life. So it is an interesting little story. Uh, I I don't know if I I care too much about the plot overall, but I did think that the relationship seemed a bit believable. The writing was really good, and the way they told the story was was basically it was a bunch of friends that got together, having they were they were um meeting for like a pre somebody's friend's wedding it's like a pre-wedding dinner to kind of get together and they were telling this the bride who's is an unknown to the group of friends uh, the story of uh billy crystal and Deborah winger and how they met in this in this film and so that was a very interesting take because they you're getting the interpretation from other people um, going through the story and i thought that was a really smart way to uh present the film as well have you, have you guys seen that film before i know I mean, I'm looking it up just to kind of look. I mean, there's a chance I might
0: have seen this one. It was on TV maybe at one point. I have I know um, I've seen
1: it on. Yeah, same. I've seen it on TV here and there, and I remember watching the trailer for it as a kid, but I never got to. And that's one of the ones I never got to see. For because the like, Crystal.
0: just the fact that he's an NBA referee
2: is kind of right. like. Hmm, a lot cool. of NBA stars from the 90s in there. That's pretty cool.
0: Nice. I mean, was it? Did did you just randomly find this movie and you're like, I'm going to watch this?
2: I was looking for an old romantic comedy and we landed on. We, my wife and I were looking at HBO and just seeing what they had on there and saw Forget Paris and I saw it was Billy Crystal. And I said, you know what? I liked When Harry Met Sally. Let me try this. It's not, I wouldn't say it's at that tier because uh, yeah. it, is, it is still a better film, When Harry Met Sally, but this is still an actually, it, cool I enjoyed either. it more than I thought. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's kinda of cool he directed it. Would yes, you recommend yes. it, Too, I would anybody, if, you, what, if you're a price? fan
2: yeah, if you're a fan of romantic comedies in general, I'd say that this would be definitely uh, a must watch. Honestly, even if you're not a fan, if if it's it's funny. Just listening to some of the jokes that uh that kind of just coming off and they don't feel too dated. Um, there's you know, there's a couple jokes here and there, but it's actually not from Billy Crystal, it's some of the side characters that make some off colour jokes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's quite entertaining. I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Uh, I've also watched uh, the show that, that got a lot of hype last year uh, on Netflix called The Politician. And uh, this stars Ben Platt and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Lucy Boynton. Basically, the story is around a student who's in Santa Barbara in some, some private school in Santa Barbara. Um, and he's basically known since he's since a kid, since the age of seven, that he wanted to be or he's going to be the president of the United States. Uh, But first, he's got to go and prove his stuff by basically becoming the school president and uh, at his school. And you'd think that that would be, you know, pretty straightforward premise, but there's a lot of political, um, I mean, crap that happens with it. it's a lot of turmoil there's um, relationships that are manipulated for him to to uh, get to the top there's kind of a, a sense of, of loyalty to his family but also f- bitterness towards each resentment towards some of the family members and and him succeeding um, I mean the film when it start the show when it starts um, comes with a, a, a sensitivity caption because uh, there's there's uh, Oh, some mental health issues that are brought up in the first episode and somebody uh, commits suicide and it's Jesus. It gets, yeah.
0: Is this a comedy or a drama? It's, it's it's
2: like a dark comedy. I
0: mean, and Ben Platt is known for, um,
2: uh, wasn't he in uh, a musical or something? Right. Yeah, he was. He was uh, yeah. I don't the name of it, but I, I will tell you, I watched it all in one day. It was just a random watch. Uh, it was on like on a weekend and I was laughing the whole time as dark as it was. Damn. I, it was hilarious. Got some, a lot of hate. Yeah, there was,
0: there was. There was. I both of you, both of you guys are. Wow, we're I'm in some a little, dark, know, like. it, it is.
2: It's a very dark show, but it's for some some for some reason just like so captivating. I wanted to see Kid what. happened Killed themselves
0: in the beginning. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was a nice. bit surprising to see the suicide, but then what You're they like, do to, to nice. approach it because it's it's. Uh, uh, one of the main, well, supposedly the main character, uh, it still ties into the rest of the show. and I'm not going to lie
0: to you, though, Nabil. I've never heard of the show for as much hype as you tell me it had.
2: Yeah, it was, It was well, at least when I say hype, I should say it was a really big deal on Twitter for a while when it, when it was first came out. So. Oh, a day and
0: a half? Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I thought it was a great show. There, It looks like they're making a second season, um, and they do lead up definitely the way it ends uh, to set it up for a second season. Um, I honestly think you you might like it, James. Um, I think, Marco, you might like it more than James would, probably. Oh,
0: he was in... The, by the way, uh, Ben Platt was in Pitch Perfect, Wooded Too. That's, that's what uh, it, was, it was. Obviously. Singing, yeah. How can I forget he, that? He
2: doesn't do any singing. Uh, just so no. you know.
0: I'm going to skip it then, sir. <laughs> I'm <just kidding.
3: laughs>
0: But it's very
2: intriguing just to, because the whole thing is that it's all the drama that's happening, but they're still in high school. Uh, so this whole... There's no real stakes in it except for, I guess, being class president or, or school president. Wait,
0: what, uh, so wait, is this like... Are they aware that there's, like, a 27-year-old trying to play as, like, a high school student? <laughs> I mean, ben no. Ben Platt is... There's supposed to be kids in here.
2: They're definitely supposed to be, like, 18, 19-year-olds. But I will ben, tell you... Ben you, Platt is
0: losing his hair,
2: son.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: you, could, you could see all the characters and know that they're not in high school, oh, for sure. They got that 6 o'clock shadow. What's yeah. up?
1: They're, they're going that uh, 90210 route. Yeah, smoking cigarettes and shit. Yeah, we're
2: cool. What about it? <laughs> uh, it looks intriguing. I mean, how long is each episode? Ah, uh, it's about like forty-five minutes, forty-four minutes, and I think there's only eight episodes in the whole season. You, you lost, James. <laughs> I know. He's like, I'm dead son. It was twenty. I mean, I, I was just
0: like that. I'm not okay with this. I was like, ooh, one of the episodes is twenty-seven minutes. I guess I'm not okay with watching this. I will uh, tell you. Where's you, the streaming?
2: You, it's on Netflix, and I will tell okay. you, you'll definitely make your decision if you want to continue watching after the first episode. Because I wasn't so sure about it. Um, that's why I hadn't watched it for so long. And then suddenly... Well, I mean, the suicide stuff, so thing
0: is just kind of its intriguing to me. So yeah, it's, it's I might have to take a look. You know me. <laughs> he likes the dark
2: history. Um, and, um, and besides that, I've also seen the show on HBO that's uh, called Avenue 5. It's a, it's a new comedy starring Hugh Laurie, Josh Gad, and Zach Woods. Um, basically, Hugh Laurie plays a space captain... Uh, of the cruise ship and space called uh, Avenue five. And he's basically trying to get along with a bunch of other people that work on the cruise ship um, and the, the passengers and the ship essentially gets stranded in space. Something happens and there's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like a 30 day cruise or something like that. And it Mm -hmm. ends up being a three year cruise uh, because some, something happens and it, throws them off their trajectory, and it's going to take longer for them to get back home. And so you're dealing with the chaos and the fallout of that halting on the cruise ship and on Earth with people trying to find a way to bring them back sooner. Um, there's a couple twists I don't want to really ruin, but essentially it's, it's a comedic take, very short, 30 minutes, not even um, show, and it just goes through each day. It's like a different scenario of something that's happening to help progressively get them to hopefully home. Yeah, a lot of a lot of ups and downs that happen in a show. My wife really enjoys it. I'll say that much. She thinks it's hilarious, and I, like I said, I, I do find it funny. But I, I just haven't found a connection to it to say that I really want to keep watching it. It sounds uh, like really bad
0: writing. I, yeah, <laughs> just was, from what I you're think, telling you
2: know, me. <laughs> I think the Ooh. delivery is is probably better than what the substance is. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I and- funny. Um, and so is Josh Gad. Like they, they do a good job with the characters. They're a bit the extreme versions of the characters, I think, too. Of Maybe what they're supposed to be portraying, or or, or maybe they're trying to punch it up. But
1: uh, yeah, I just, I just kept thinking Orville every time I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, but I already watched Orville. So. But yeah, it's not even like Orville because Orville, I could tell, is, you know, well at
2: least when it started, it was intentionally being a certain way to to, to spin off of Star Trek, and that's not what this is right. being at all. They they are well, essentially Star
1: Trek Voyager. Well, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they're
2: they're trying to find their way home too, right? But in this case, they're it's it's literally like if you were on a cruise ship stuck in the middle of the sea. But in this case, mm. you're in space. And how do you get home? Maybe they should have stuck with a cruise ship thing. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's from the writer of Veep. You'd think it'd be written. Yeah, a and that's I think that's right? what a part yeah, of this point so. is because Veep is actually I, I enjoyed that and I thought yeah it was Veep really is hilarious. Funny. Yeah. I just I haven't found I don't know maybe it's still finding its footing but it is like five episodes in so I don't know how much more they need to find. Um, I can only say that I'm hoping that if they do a second season it'll be funnier. But so far from what I've watched I I'm kind of just pushing through it just to just to see where the story really is going. But there really isn't a lot of room for it to go if the ultimate end game is to go from space to get back home. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can really I don't recommend think, it.
0: Yeah, I don't think this one's even performing well. I, I highly doubt this gets a second season.
2: Yeah, but that's what I've been watching.
0: All right, guys, so that's cool. We got a mix of everything just about this time around. Uh, let's get into what's coming up.
2: Coming soon to a theater near you.
0: So, guys, for our what's coming up here, it's going to be for the next three weeks. Anything from now until our next podcast, which is on um, uh, March 23rd. Jesus Christ, whole month. Basically, we're uh, if you guys are new to this segment as well, we each take a turn to go over a new release that's coming out. We tell you about what the movie is, directed it, stars, synopsis, and we kind of just bullshit about it, really. Truthfully, there's really nothing more to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we just basically say apparently if you people like, it like, or like not. the last one, so yeah. here we, we go. be maybe you'll find something that you like.
0: Yeah, maybe you find. So we'll start off with uh, go, Nabil, me, then Marco, and we just keep going, and then we'll stop when we stop. There's, really, there's, no, there's no rhyme and reason to this section, guys. It's just a lot of fun. So go ahead, Naboo. All
2: right, so we're going to go first with the uh, upcoming releases for the week of March 6th. That's just Friday. Uh, first up, Onward, 84% Rotten Tomato, directed by Dan Scanlon. Stars Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. The synopsis, set in a suburban fantasy world, two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there's still magic out there. That is a terrible scenario. That's so
0: bad. <laughs> it tells me nothing. <laughs> I believe the movie is actually about them finding out that their dad's still alive. And I mean, they it's in find the out yeah. yeah. but I mean, hey, maybe maybe whoever did this knows more than us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie looks great. I can't wait to watch it this week. Uh, this one looks. I mean, it's Pixar. Yeah, guys, Pixar film. It, yeah. it looks like this one's knocking it out of the park too. So
1: yeah, it looks pretty good.
0: And also, come on, guys, fucking Tom Holland and Chris Pratt together, yes. Oh my Star
3: Lord and Spider-Man?
0: <laughs> okay, you got me. You got Playing me. Disney. Elves, sir? Uh, Say no more. Uh brothers? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it could be very entertaining and funny. <laughs> you know. Marco's yeah. bite his tongue. Teenagers? Okay. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. Oh, the animation on it looks fantastic. So yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to it. All right, so I have uh, The Way Back. This is directed by Gavin O'Connor, stars Ben Affleck, Janita Gavanker, and Michael Watkins. Uh, The synopsis is a former high school basketball phenom struggling with alcoholism is offered a coaching job at his alma mater. As the team starts to win, he may have a reason to confront his old demons, but will it be enough to set him on the road to redemption? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was reading the fucking synopsis of Ben Affleck's life. (laughs) I know, right? I thought that too. It's
2: definitely, I think from what I understand, he actually made this movie because it was a little redemption swan song for him. Yeah. um,
0: I mean, for the trailers, this movie looks really good too. Yeah, I actually do want to see this one.
2: I do want to see this one as
0: well. This would definitely be one of those uh, in on weekday kind of showings, but no, right. this one looks
1: this one looks good. It looks really sad, though. I mean, I want to support my man Batfleck. You know, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next one is Spencer Confidential. This one's directed by Peter Berg, and it stars uh, Mark Wahlberg, Colleen Camp, and Alan Arkin. The synopsis for this one is: When two Boston police officers are murdered, ex-cop Spencer teams up with his no-nonsense roommate Hawk to take down criminals.
0: Fucking build the new. Put.
2: (laughs) What
1: is is like? No nonsense.
0: You didn't even put the dude down. The other guy, the main character.
2: Those are the names that came up. Those are the first three names. That's what I went off of. Yeah. Top I billing. mean, Mark
1: Wahlberg a pretty big name. This right movie there. looks
2: terrible, by the way.
1: Have you guys oh, yeah, seen it? Exactly. It's, it's
0: coming out on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. It's coming yeah. out the same
1: day to Netflix, so you know they don't I've, care much about it. I've seen stills in a poster. Yeah, you, you
0: chose the wrong people for this one. <laughs> 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 I'm just looking it up. I'm <laughs> like, My uh, you know the other partners that got the dad from us, right? <laughs> no,
2: shit. No, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, was like, fuck it. I just grabbed the first three. That's it.
2: Top billing, right? First three is yeah. top billing.
0: He's like, you know Winston Duke, the main character? Fuck that guy. Yeah, we don't I need mean, him. It all starts Winston is Duke. Is he Hawk? <laughs> yeah, he's Hawk. That's funny.
1: Hey, Hawk, let's go solve a murder. He's
0: like, fuck huh. it. I know he was in Black Panther. Say no, hello to your mother
2: for me. He's not on my list. <laughs> it all just right. sounds shitty. I mean, it does. It looks pretty bad. I mean... Smart. will i watch it on netflix sure why not <laughs> <laughs> is there a
0: chance i mean did i ever think i was gonna watch six underground nope and it oh, yeah, happened yep, so exactly
2: <laughs> i mean i can't never say that anymore so <laughs> next up uh sorry we missed you 85 percent rotten tomatoes directed by ken loach stars chris hitchin debbie honeywood and Rice stone our synopsis hoping that self-employment through gig economy can solve their financial woes, a hard-up UK delivery driver and his wife, struggling to raise a family, end up trapped in this vicious circle of this modern-day form of labor exploitation.
0: This sounds like something that Bill would love to watch.
2: It actually does. <laughs> I look at I was
0: like,
1: "Huh." So I'd like this film.
0: This sounds so goddamn boring.
1: <laughs> Man, maybe I we should say asleep. if these are like comedies or dramas or actions, because I can't tell. I'd rather this is just to be a joke people figure it out. Oh yeah, you, you know. <laughs> When you get there, you'll be pleasantly
2: surprised or very disappointed. Either way, you know, yeah, you heard good. it here first. Huh, I man. was expecting some
0: laughs, sir. Yeah, they didn't say this one at all. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I'm going to skip this. I'm going to go to First Cow, 91% Ron Tomatoes, directed by Kelly Rachart. Uh, it uh, stars John Maguire, Orion Lee, Renee Aberhonies? <laughs> <laughs> Aberhonies? <laughs> Aberhonies? Abarjono? Abarjono? Hon- mm. Sorry, wow. Fuck,
1: we, we, we are so uh, cultured I'm Ab-
0: Ab- Ab- not going to watch this movie. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw a poster for this one, actually. I like the description of this. Synopsis. Two travelers on the run from a band of vengeful hunters in the 1820s Northwest Dream of sp- striking it rich, but their tenuous plan to make their fortune on the frontier comes to rely on the secret use of a landowner's prized dairy cow. You know what? I want to see this now. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what this is. Saying. This sounds... Fu- have you seen the poster? It's I have. Like, it's just, just a cow. cow. Yep. Just, just sitting there. I, I've
1: seen the, the poster. That's about it. Yeah, I
0: didn't know if it was a Chick-fil-A poster or not, but I was like, okay, you got my attention. But uh, no, that sounds kind of nuts. Yeah. I don't know if this is like a... Is this a... Uh, Foreign film or
1: I don't know I don't I mean, recognize they're, they're any of these. In the
0: States. I don't recognize any of these names. That's why. Yeah,
1: neither did I. But okay. it was an American hey, film. Independent. Never know. Yeah, I could have sworn it was like an A forty seven film. A twenty four. A twenty four. There we go. <laughs> Where'd where where like, I get forty seven from? I made my own studio. <laughs> <laughs> I read my own numbers. My yeah, A twenty four. Yeah, I could have sworn it was one of those. Nice. Yeah, maybe it I could is. be wrong. Don't quote me on that, especially since I'm making up my own studios along the way. <laughs> so. All right, the next one is called Run This Town. It's uh, at 71% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's like it's a Jay-Z song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Ricky Tolman, and it stars Ben Platt. Ben fucking Platt in this one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know Mina Massad and Damien Leque, Lequois. 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 All right, I'm going to – yeah, what you guys said. Synopsis for this one is – An emerging political scandal in Toronto in 2013, seen through the eyes of young staffers at City Hall and a local newspaper.
0: Is this the politician? What's going on? Or is Ben Platt? How does he do in this when he's only 17 (laughs) in the other show?
2: He might might only be 17 in this one.
0: Damn, you're right. He's playing people younger
1: than him. I mean, he's got really nice skin, guys. Sure. (laughs) He does, actually. I have no comment on this one. I don't know. I don't either. This sounds That's boring like, as fuck. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about it.
2: But, you know, if he's in it, I, I've grown to like him. So. This Nabil's already rough. warming up. He yeah.
0: said he all he read was political scandal. He said, sign me up. It's my
2: kind of movie, guys. Toronto? Well, no wonder wow. he wrote this Both whole thing on peaceful. high caps.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Bold.
0: <laughs> it's just straight. He puts Starfax's lens.
2: He's like, Nabil recommends this one. I don't know why. He hasn't seen it, but here we go. Uh, next up is Extraordinary. This actually has 100% in <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, directed by Mike a- Aham and Enda Lohman. Stars Maeve Higgins, Barry Ward, and Will Forte. Uh, synopsis, Very random. I know. So I, 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 I only put this in because okay. I saw Will Forte's name. Uh, synopsis. Rose, a mostly sweet and lonely Irish driving instructor, must use her supernatural talents to save the daughter of Martin also mostly sweet and lonely, from a washed-up rock star who is using her in a satanic pact to reignite his fame. This sounds
0: fucking bonkers. <laughs> this film,
2: the, the whole description just goes called? a whole different way. ordinary? Yeah, it, it's intense. Wow. It looks funny. And also
0: wow. That, that, the first half of that synopsis sounds pretty normal, and then the last half, you're like,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> is this a Nicolas Cage movie? What the fuck just happened? I mean, cliche satanic pact. I mean, you know, sign a regular me up. trope, right? Yeah. yeah How does. original you don't say.
0: Alright, and the last one here that we're gonna talk about for the six is Beneath Us, directed by Max Pachman. This stars Lynn Collins, Rigo Sanchez, and Josue Aguirre. The synopsis is the American Dream becomes a nightmare It's <laughs> not <didn't> even
3: try. <laughs> what the fuck was that? The American
0: Dream becomes a nightmare for a group of undocumented day laborers hired by a wealthy couple. What they expect to be their biggest play, they turn into a terrifying fight for survival. But I mean <laughs> Who was the last actor, James? I don't I don't know, bro. Hosue uh, Aguirre? Aguere? Aguare? I mean that seems pretty um of the time kind of thing. Yeah. All jokes aside. I mean I'm probably not gonna see something like that, but Prove me wrong, Josue. <laughs> prove me I, wrong that's
1: that's when I'll definitely have to see a trailer to see if like if this is going to be like something worth watching oh, I'm not, I would be ones? shocked if I
0: watched this and Marco starring in this movie I'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh Makes there sense. he is like, is it going to have one of those lifetime less, channel feels to it or is it, it actually going to be greedy two months. <laughs> uh, I don't know bro It's this TVMA during it oh shit <laughs> <laughs> fuck let's move on now to uh, Friday the 13th of March Ooh. spooky
1: spooky so, this one starts off with The Hunt, currently has no Rotten Tomato score. It's directed by Craig Zobel and stars uh, Betty Gilpin, Emma Roberts, and Hilary Swink. The synopsis for this one is 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very special purpose, The Hunt. Dun, dun, dun. So, I finally saw the trailer for this one, and... It looks interesting. I mean, you know, I, mean, it's I know it's white been delayed. version of Battle Royale, I guess, right? Well, this yeah. film was
2: supposed to come out in October last year, I guess, but there was some kind of controversy about. Yeah, President the Trump homes.
0: said something about it, and they were like, yeah. "Well, I guess we got to pull it, guys."
2: Yep. Yeah, there's like a lot. of...
0: So yeah. hey, if you guys want to see it, go fucking watch it. It's out on March 13th. They're giving you another chance to go see it. Check it out at least. Just yeah. It looks interesting. I mean, it looks fine. I mean, once again, it's one of those movies that's probably not that good from the look of it, and it's probably very predictable. But
2: yeah. Agreed. Interesting premise. I think it's based off of a book too. So yeah, interesting premise. Ne- next up, Bloodshot. No Rotten Tomato score. Not surprising. Director Dave Wilson. Stars Vin Diesel, Guy Pierce. Stop right there. You stop right there. We're <laughs> seeing this. <laughs> <He's looking laughs> uh, synopsis. And this is the best synopsis of the group. Oh, Ray God. Garrison, a slain soldier, is reanimated with superpowers. That's all you need to know, guys. Nothing His
1: else. name is Ray Garrison.
2: Ray Garrison.
0: Well, I mean that's his name in the comic book
2: too. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I know, but it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's very a comic. It's a very much comic book name. Too. They name spoil the freaking movie closer. in the
2: trailer again, though. I'm like, Dies. they do,
0: but I mean, I don't think anyone's even going for the plot. Still, you're literally no, going no, there no. to watch uh, Vin Diesel blow up like seventeen hundred times. I mean, and come yeah. back again. Trying the effects are pretty good. I got to say, they do. They do. But yeah. I was
2: pretty upset when I saw the trailer the first time. I, I said, you know well, what? When what's I the first point
0: now? yeah, when I first heard of the premise though, I was like, uh, fuck that. But then I saw the trailer, I was like, actually, I kind of want to watch that. Plus, I, I like Guy Pierce a lot too, man. I do, I do too. Yeah. He plays a, such a good bad guy all the time because he's such a douche. <laughs> like the way that he plays his guys, like he's basically playing the same bad guy from Iron Man three in here, right? I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> right, basically. He he controls. I them mean, all. apparently Doc Ock is in this too. Yeah, we so. saw the.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot they're wearing the exosuits. suits. <laughs> You're going to pay for my family. Oh, yeah, I mean, my wife.
0: All right, guys. So uh, next one is I Still Believe. Uh, I can't believe uh, Nabil left this one on here. I left this because
2: of, <laughs> because of the star. Just for you, Directed
0: James. by Andrew and John Irwin. This stars KJ Appa, Britt Robertson, and Melissa Roxburgh. Uh, true life story of a Christian music star. Sorry, I fell asleep. Uh Jeremy Camp <laughs> and his journey of love and loss, it looks to prove there is always hope. This movie looks absolutely fucking terrible. But you know what, guys? I don't think anybody super pro Christian probably listens to this. But I should maybe they do, but I just can never get into these movies, man. And I you yeah. know, I'm I don't I'm not the target audience for these and I get it it's for the people that maybe see two movies a year and they get to see this one I guess. Probably. It sounds but like a made for TV
1: movie again. It does.
0: Don't get me wrong, I like KJ Appa a lot too cuz he's uh, Archie in Riverdale and I'm assuming that's why Nobil left that's why in I left but it in? um mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't I you know, hey, you can do whatever you want. I don't particularly like movies that are super preachy and this is one that comes off as that after watching the trailer, so uh, I mean, it'd be a skip for me, but I, I can totally see why some people like to watch movies like this, and I'm not saying not to see it, obviously, but just not my cup of tea. That's all.
1: Next one on the list is My Spy, sitting at 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. is directed by Peter Segal. It stars Dave Bautista, Chloe Coleman, and Parisa Fitzhenley. The synopsis is, a hardened CIA operative finds himself at the mercy of a precocious nine-year-old girl having been sent undercover to surveil her family. I wow. like Dave
0: Bautista, too, but I, I don't yeah. like that he's getting into, like... He's
2: going into that... early rock mode. Well, basically... Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel mode, too, yeah, bro, right?
1: Vin Diesel, yeah, where they do these weird... The Tooth Fairy bloody movie? kid family films. Hey. He's he's got to just knock him out real quick and then just get back to business. Yeah, kind that's of. But I mean. the
0: thing is, he's already proved that he's been in serious movies. Yeah, he did. so that's what Very I. Few. I mean, the other guys kind of were doing bullshit movies for a long time. That they did these kiddie ones and then they jump into another one. And I, it's so it's so crazy because dude, uh, he was just in that movie last year with Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. The um, which I thought was hilarious, and it almost seems like this is just a toned down version of that movie. I agree. Which is kind of funny. It's like, dude. Like, oh, he's also, like, a cop or an agent, then he gets discovered by a normal person. He's just trying to get paid, guys. I guess. But, I mean, I really liked him in the last James Bond movie, and I really liked him in uh, his small little role in uh, Blade Runner 2049. So it's stuff like that. Like, just do more All of
2: right. that crap, dude. So. All right. Next up, The Road's Not Taken. 29% Rotten Tomato. Director Sally Porter or Potter, sorry. Stars Javier Bardem, Ellie Fanning, Salma Hayek. Uh, Sally Potter's film Follows a day in the life of Leo Played by Javier Bardem and his daughter Molly Played by Elle Fanning As he floats through alternate lives He could have lived, leading Molly to wrestle With her own path as she considers her future I don't know anything About this film Um, It's got a really bad Rotten Tomatoes score I love Javier Bardem And uh, I want it to be good But I don't know Uh, Sounds like a shittier version of What Dreams May Come I know I'm not sure if I really wanna. I would it watch. In the theaters.
0: This synopsis seems a little off too. I'd watch the trailer. It's like I think he's like a drug addict. That's why. Right. So he's kind of like going through these things. She's, she's like thinking through this stuff. I think so. It looks okay, but I mean, I know what bill's really trying to say right now. <laughs> There's no way Ellie Fanning could be Javier Bardem's daughter. No, I mean, <laughs> no, there really isn't. <laughs> Just saying. You guys Is have seen her before, but yeah, she's yeah. white as fuck, right? Yeah. Javier Bardem has an accent. Mm-hmm. What? No Bill. Yeah. Let it go. Hey, if it weren't for Schwarzenegger, if it could work for
1: him it, too, okay?
0: <laughs> Let's go into uh, Friday, March 20th. Uh, we have A Quiet Place Part 2, directed by John Krasinski, stars Emily Blunt, Melissa Simons, and Silly Murphy. Uh, following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world, forced to venture into the unknown. They realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking behind the sand path. Uh, beyond the Sad Path. I mean, it sounds like the plot to uh, The Last of Us at this point, bro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be on our next uh, pod,
1: so stay tuned for that one, guys. Yeah. I'm excited for it still, though. I just recently saw the first one again. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is The Truth, sitting at 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is directed by Hirokazu Kurita and stars Catherine Deneuve, Juliette Binochet, and Ethan Hawke. The synopsis is a stormy reunion between scriptwriter Lumiere with her famous mother and actress, Fabienne against the backdrop of Fabienne's autobiographic book and her latest role in a sci fi picture as a mother who never grows old. What, what the, the fuck, fuck? <laughs> did I just read? What the fuck is this? I'm, I'm like rereading it. I'm like,
0: this is strange.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my mind was just like, does not compute as I was reading this. But then you realize Ethan Hawks it and you're like, no, that's this the only makes reason sense. he even put that that This in. probably I mean, makes sense.
2: He's like, I want He's to watch
1: a, a trailer troll. for this. I
0: almost need to now. I feel like the trailer
2: would at least kind of
0: like, hey, here you go. This is how it happens. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Good God. Finally, Blue Story, 92% Rotten Tomatoes. Director, Rap Man, stars <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Odubola, Michael Ward, Kali Best. In the synopsis, it's a feature adaptation of Rap Man's YouTube series about two young friends who become rivals in a street war. Now I put this on here because I wasn't going to at first, uh, realizing it was I don't confusing. know. I'm well, glad you know who did. Yeah. is. I have no <laughs> idea is? who Rapman is, and uh, I found out that he is a very big deal on YouTube back in 2018, especially. And you know, this might relate to some of the uh, the younger crowds. And this film has gotten nothing but subtle reviews it. on it. There's quite a few reviews
1: that have just praised the film. Hey, James so. just pulled them up on yeah. the YouTube right now. I mean, okay. Fuck. <laughs> I know what I'm gonna be doing tonight. We might, we might be I'm, uh, I'm gonna, a little too I'm old take for a, this.
0: I mean, I'm gonna take a little stab in the dark, and I don't think any of us are the target audience. Definitely not. Either. Definitely not.
1: We're also probably like double the age. This is, this is for the zoomers the audience. <laughs> All right,
0: guys. So let's go on to our movie review now of The Invisible Man.
3: Adrian, he was a sociopath. He said that i could never
1: leave him he controlled how i looked and what i wore then i was controlling when i left the house and eventually what i thought <laughs>
2: Read back, okay? All
0: right, so the IMDb description is when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune. She suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia Bruce works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. This is directed by Lee Winnell, who did a Insidious Chapter 3 in 2015 and Upgrade in 2018. This stars Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia Cass, Oliver Jackson Cohen as Adrian Griffin, Harriet Dyer as Emily Cass, Aldous Hodge as James Lanier, uh Storm Reed as Sidney Lanier, and Michael Dorman as Tom Griffin. Before we go into the ANA, I want to ask, are you guys familiar at all with any of the previous Universal Classic films on
1: Invisible Man? Or have you guys read the Orson uh, the book by Orson Welles? I have not. It's a no to neither. I mean, I've seen Clips and scenes here yeah. and there from the original Invisible Man, but I've never actually watched the movie or uh, read the book. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I believe I saw
2: the Invisible Man that came out, what was it, in the 90s?
1: Um, uh, you talking about the Chevy Chase one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that counts, bro. Yeah,
0: that's not technically a universal. So that was just like a no, side one. Not.
2: I almost mentioned those two, but yeah, I mean No, uh I I I I mean I know of the story, but yeah. not to this extent with, with especially with this film was now.
0: Yeah, I've I've never read the book. I know it's I mean it's obviously a very popular book. And uh movie wise I've seen most of these. Not I've never seen Invisible Woman and shit like that, or Visible Agent. But uh, Invisible Man, Invisible Man Returns, Invisible Man Revenge I've definitely seen. But the other two, I didn't even know about Invisible Agent and Invisible Woman, tell you truth, until after the fact. I was like, oh, okay. Or I the be. revenge. Yeah, no, that one's uh it's kinda weird because he's he's not a he's not a pretty nice person. So, <laughs> so no. uh so
1: I'll start out with you, Marco. Uh Yay or Nay? I gotta go with an A on this one. Uh the movie was basically everything I thought it was gonna be. Very predictable, questionable decisions left and right. I came in with low expectations too and wanted to give it a chance, but ultimately was pretty disappointed. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't all bad. There were some good things. I liked the overall theme of it and where it wanted to go, but the overall execution of it I thought could have been better. And some of the scenes that were supposed to be intense were just flat out laughable. There were some intense scenes. It just couldn't get that that tone right. It couldn't do it right every single time. There were some times where it worked and other times for me where I was just like, oh, God, I'm trying to hold back laughter right now. It's a really fucked up scene going on, but I'm laughing. Yeah, it just kind of missed its mark for me. Um, I did like the performance of the um, the main guy, Oliver Jackson-Cohen, Adrian Griffin. I thought that he was just creepy. Uh, his the guy who played his brother is pretty creepy too. Elizabeth Moss, uh, although like I had huge issues with her character, like her overall performance was not bad. I feel like I don't know, it could have been a little bit better, but um, but yeah, it just <laughs> it just didn't work for me, guys.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, what about you, Nabil? Uh, I actually felt the the opposite. Um, I'd say yay. Not a strong one, but I thought it was a good watch. Where it fell flat for me was just the ending, because the ending did become very predictable. I, I think the rest of the film, though, I was on edge. I didn't know where it was going to go, what was going to happen next, you know, if they were... You kind of already knew the situation because of the title of the film, but where Elizabeth no Moss's way. character is... You're like,
0: he's invisible. I know, we're like,
2: what? <laughs> this is really happening? But, like, the seeing what people believing her and in her mental state, and especially yeah. the, the third act of where... Uh, what happens in that part, and we'll talk about in spoilers, but what happens to her there, you know, they, they kind of spend a lot of time with her on the mental health part of things for a while and then you get the twist and then things start to roll out a bit predictably at the end. And I think that's where, um, it it kind of fell for me, but I think overall I actually did enjoy the film. What about you? Yes,
0: Uh, no, I agree with you, Bill, uh, as a huge movie fan too, and as a fan of universal monster films, it's been a long time coming for them to kind of come back to form in my opinion. And as someone that, just absolutely loves these classic movies. Um, It was really fun. Like I said, it's not perfect. It's really cool. I I liked Elizabeth Moth quite a bit. Her... I think it's very much of the times, too. It's kind of her performance, especially with the way that she's abused by Adrian, and she... I like how they don't show you that he actually abused her. It's just kind of on her face when you first meet her. Like, holy fuck, dude. And her telling stuff to, like, James, for instance, and her sister of, like, the things that Adrian would do to her, and She would tell Tom, and Tom just does this bullshit little wink at her, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's weird, too. I liked that there was very suspenseful moments in it, too. There's a lot of good sequences that show you the growth of Cecilia, because at the first time, I mean, she's afraid to even walk and get the fucking mail, you know? And by the end of the movie, I think that's also, my issue was by the end, was that's probably the corniest part, and it's the most predictable part, is the very end. When, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the spoilers, obviously, but... It's very much like, okay, I guess that's her coming out of her shell finally fully and getting into um, her own kind of ordeal, I guess, you know, without spoiling it. I will say that some of the CG is a little rough at times, especially the scene where she's getting choked in the trailer and gets (laughs) slammed into That is probably the worst looking scene. I was like, holy shit. It's weird because that's not, like, truthfully, that's the only scene that I was like, oh, this is super fucking weird looking. And, but then everything else, I was like, oh, it's not bad. I mean, it's not perfect, but uh, you got to also remember this movie was made for super fucking low budget. I think it was 7 to $9 million to make this movie. Oh, wow. I did yeah. that. Yeah. So this is actually a low budget film because uh, Universal had an issue. I think they didn't want to spend a lot of money because the last movie they did was The Mummy. Which they spent $30, dollars on, and didn't, or I'm sorry, even more than that. Oh yeah, forgot Tom Cruise. So, and it made thirty one million the first well, week. Well, I think it's in.
2: with Blumhouse though too, and they're naturally see, you know, good, Are at, good at doing low, Coming budget under homes.
0: budget yeah. and doing it, and they just signed a deal now with uh, director Lee Wenill after this, yep. which is really cool, and I'm, I'm glad that they're giving this guy some recognition because. Uh, I really liked Insidious Chapter Three, and I've heard nothing but good things about Upgrade. Yeah, I do so. want to see
2: Upgrade. That um, looks yeah. really good.
0: With a guy that is—he's um, not Tom, Tom Hardy. Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's that the that that not Tom. Like Hardy. Oh yeah.
2: shit! He's the yeah. He looks discount like Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy. He was in uh, that Alien Upgrade. Actually, film. looked interesting. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, he was in that one.
2: Shit. Prometheus.
0: Oh yeah, but overall, like I said, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I liked the message that they talk about for the most part in it, and about kind of breaking free of someone. And I think the whole. Anticipation of someone and being there has always been kind of a creepy factor. And I like how they um updated everything too for the modern day age, like explaining like, hey, it's it's it changes the story from the original film of like, oh, he's actually wearing a suit that specializes and uses cameras and it was right. like oh, that's cool. right. and also you made it look as creepy as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I li- like I said, yeah. I like the overall theme of it and where it goes. It does speak to today's times. I just yeah. felt like it could have been executed a little bit better. I've seen other movies that have done it better. But yeah, I, I think that it is a movie of this of our time and um, does speak to the way things are these days. Did you guys think it was
2: considered like a horror film? Was it more like a thriller? I- I'd say more of a, like a psychological thriller to Yeah, honest. more like a
0: thriller. Yeah. yeah. I like when she was going nuts, right? Sorry, <laughs> I mean just, she was. It's still Elizabeth's Moss. I'm like crazy. she's just going crazy, isn't she? Mm. So you know, guys, let's jump right into spoilers because there's too much to talk about in this one yeah. without spoiling it. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, hold off. I mean it's it's doing quite well, so take a look at it or wait for it to come out. But just uh, I wouldn't want to spoil these quote unquote twists. Just wait for
1: it for, to stream.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wait for you to twist here. I mean that's Marco's opinion. What's hmm. good, but um. Just hold off and get to our outro, and then listen to our other segment. It's a secret. So yeah. Okay, so in the spoilers here, uh, what do you guys think overall? Then, Nabil, just start with you. Then, even before the big reveal, I guess I guess we talked about it. So, I mean, they Tom played by Michael Dorman, who is Adrian's brother
2: is revealed to be the guy in the suit supposedly at the end so i i thought it was a good twist it's not what i was expecting i did expect that tom was involved and i was like you know i don't believe his ass at all but um yeah i didn't expect him to have that twist in there where he was in the suit i i thought it was just you know the brothers so that that i thought was a really good little added caveat on it and you know especially when you see it you know that he was a, a piece of shit. Come the uh him trying to have her give up the inheritance um at the end and and then that reveal just came i was like okay where are we what's left to give away here guys and then they came up with that twist at the end i was like oh okay you surprised me didn't expect it you know so i actually like that twist i knew it would be him though really (laughs)
0: yeah i was like it's gonna be the brother and then but i mean I, i i think the whole point is like he's being manipulated and maybe there was two of them at the time because I, Mark and I talked about it, there was other suits in that. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. There. There was
1: bad. a. Uh, there was a little bit of um, foreshadowing at the beginning when they show the four suits to kind right. of say it would have been probably another person. I, I was surprised. I knew the brother was involved and I didn't believe him either, like Unibill. But I didn't expect him to be wearing one of the suits also. Yeah. I just was like, no, this guy's just, you know, defending his brother. Could it be that he's also being manipulated too? But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're still like an accessory after the fact.
0: Sure.
2: So, you know
1: what like, I would have loved, kind of of though, shit. was
0: if like he was the guy the whole time and Adrian was dead.
1: That would have been a that, really good twist. Yeah. That would have I'm been a way better twist. I think I would have liked that. Honestly, that would have, I would have liked that too. But that actually probably would have changed my opinion a little it, bit more. It kind of the
0: movie. It shows you, though, that Adrian is like the master manipulator. I had to be careful how I said that master manipulator <laughs> sure so say, say how you feel james yeah. that's fine so it things. shows that like he was behind it the whole time and yeah. when he says surprised her later on too it's right. like surprise, surprise. Uh, I, I really like that dude he's from haunting of hill house
1: yeah that's why i liked his performance and i liked how vastly different it was from his character in that show oh yeah definitely dude. Uh, but you know he has like, those dead eyes too i just wish like i don't know like Cecilia, I feel like I understand that she's coming from a, like a super abusive, you know, relationship and stuff like that. I just feel yeah. like there were other like things she could have tried to do, knowing that this guy's fucking invisible or something like that. Like a super soaker filled with some sort of liquid. <laughs> yeah, but Shoot I mean,
0: I think the and, whole point of that is that she is such it, a broken person. That true. It's, I mean, for fuck's sake, she can't even get the mail in the beginning, bro. Like her head is not all there. True. Even when she's at the will reading but she, she has to was bring her still like
1: all right if i'm going to believe that she was also smart enough to create an elaborate escape plan to do like she she planned it she had the dazapan planned out she had the little compartment planned out and someone who could tactfully think of that over time could also think of a way to outsmart this motherfucker again the only again. R- one thing i, so I mean that, that was my only real like qualm with yeah, it yeah my thing
0: is though she did that under duress right when she was in his custody of like a
1: prisoner quote unquote right and that's and that's the and thing then- she was able to do that while she was under his thumb, and yeah. here she is in a safe spot where she well, has more. She's food never in him. a safe spot, though. That's kind of the yeah, whole I mean, point. Yeah, like, always around in her head.
0: Yeah, she's always scared, like, he's going to find her. Right. And right. I think that just adds on to her psyche of, like, just how fucked up this girl's like.
2: Well, and was. it's part of the reason why, how it ended. Like, she had to kill him. Like, we already knew that there was no way for oh, her. Oh, I already knew that. But, like that. but I think. I
1: just uh, think she could have killed
2: him earlier, a lot earlier. Yeah, than... and I, I kind of agree with that. I think that, you know, there could have. So, like, the whole trauma thing, right, that she's going through, I'd, and for anybody that is, is listening through this, I honestly don't think that if you're watching this for uh, any kind of talk or, or, or for the film to preach or talk about domestic uh, abuse or domestic violence, um, I don't think that this is what this film is really trying to show. She You're seeing the woman who's uh, distressed and in shock and has been manipulated and is trying to get out of that and can never let go of that fear until she destroys the thing that's holding her back but it doesn't really do anything with the uh, idea of domestic abuse and and really trying to solve to it like james said you know they don't really talk about what happened or or really what the trauma she was dealing with it's more just that she's scared that he's still around and i think also that he he you know even though she she's fearful of it i think they use it more creatively they use it more of as a as a horror trope you know as in the force to help moving her forward to keep, to keep this in there rather than it being like a, a part of who, you know, her her who she is, because it, it kind of just leans into saying that nobody's believing her. So she's just going crazy from that on top of the fear that she's already doing. So I think that's where they use the um, kind of the domestic abuse thing is, is more of a something to help push the story along for her fears of the man that's already, you know, the killer
1: that's out there kind of thing. I kind of liked how they y- use that, you know, domestic abuse thing as a form of, like, horror aspect you because do. it is, right. I mean, I I don't know what that's like, but I'm pretty it sure it must horrifying. be pretty fucking yeah. scary for someone, and I do like how it speaks to today and how there's powerful men like Adrian that are super rich and have resources or maybe are just very well liked and are really good at manipulating, you know, people around them and uh gaslighting her but and i know Big these time. are two yeah. vastly different movies but i did bring this up to james too i understand vastly different movies but still almost around the same type of uh theme as far as thematics go where midsummer did a better job with the whole gaslighting thing and with the way that that character reacted to to those things right so she just seemed a little like she just seemed to make smarter decisions than this character you know if if I'm saying that correctly, but, um, like you said, I, though, I still, I still think films. that, that whole like abusive nature thing worked as far as the horror aspect, because, you know, it's like people go through that shit and it's kind of nice that they're speaking to those audiences and saying, Hey, we understand where you're coming from and stuff like that. I just felt like her, uh, her character, Cecilia's character was smarter than some of those decisions that she made based on what I've, scene in this movie
0: no oh, it makes sense but i mean you got to think midsummer too she's surrounded by people that want to envelop her into their community yeah true she's a much stronger footing on stuff when you know it's a true. period that her boyfriend in that one is very much an asshole yeah. especially the director's cut guys check that one out um well in this one I, it, yeah. I got a question real quick
2: i don't know if i missed this or some shit but what is her fucking relationship to james by the way i i want to say that she's a friend of the sister Yeah. Is that what it was? Because they're both cops? Yeah. Was her sister a cop? I think her sister's a lawyer
0: that works with cops and yeah. she knows James. Is that what it was? And that's how yeah. I understood it. Yeah. Okay. They didn't really yes. explain it exclusively. That's how
2: I interpreted it.
0: Because at first I was like, is she sleeping with her sister? Yeah, I thought they were I like, together. Why do they, something? Live, yeah. why don't yeah. they live
1: separately? Yeah. And then I was like, They're very close. She's sleeping in the bed with the child. I mean, I was like You know what? I'm gonna say I kinda like the fact that they didn't use that cliche that it was someone that, you know, her No, no, no romantic. Yeah. Uh, it was just no no, it was like a friend I like, I like that actor too, by the way. I like that actor, too, by the way. Yeah, I was he did harsh. really good. And I guess, you know, one of the things, like, it wasn't really clear as far as, like, what the abilities of that suit could do. Because I know it, it bend light and everything like that. But at some points, even, like, when the sprinklers were hitting it or when there was rain... Like, at some points, you could see him, at other points, you couldn't. So, well, could it really, you could see like, him because she stabbed the yeah, shit out of him right before that. Marriage. Right. She damaged the uh, machine. So, does that mean that, had she not do, done that, that even in the rain, he could still be invisible? You could probably still see the outline of him, I was yeah. Or that's just me just thinking of Hollow Man again. I know. I'm, see, uh, that's what yeah. I was thinking, because I was like, I like the part where she Man, the paint on him, though. I was Because like, when smart. she was, you know, coming out into the rain, I was like, there you go. Go out to the rain and, is, you know... The suit reminded me of, uh, from X-Men uh,
0: Days of Future Past, the Sentinels. The advanced ones that could do all the things. Yeah. That when they go into the future and they can see them, like, oh, they look like creatures and shit. Oh god, it was a creepy suit, man. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was it a, was it was a the, bunch the of suit- eyes everywhere kind of things. So. Yeah, yeah the like suit
1: that. was pretty cool. I did like that. I did like the fact that it was a little different and that you know it wasn't. Yeah. I, I think I the like original that. used chemicals or something. I think it's, it a chemical, it's a chemical.
0: It's an explosion gone wrong, which is yeah. as we talked about too. Is the little homage they have in the hospital with the guy in the bandages, right? and uh even when she wakes up at one point in the bed and looks up and thinks someone's there that's the suit from the um original 40s one too that he wore so it's like oh that's his thing with his hat too uh so guys there's uh there's probably gonna be a sequel to this this movie kind of killed it as you guys can tell over the weekend it's number one and they made it for practically nothing so uh would you want to see a sequel to this uh what would you want to see in it if so marco Maybe just gonna connect to the dark universe. No, nah, but this is not. <laughs> by the way, this is not connected to the
1: quote unquote dark universe, if that's ever. I connected. mean, is that yeah? yeah would, is that still a thing? I don't even know. I don't know, Nabil. Maybe uh, I, I would. Know. I would maybe uh, go see a sequel to this. But I mean, I was pretty excited for the dark universe. So I'm kind of. I'm. I'm glad that it's doing well, even though you know I'm kind of shitting on the movie and stuff. I know you know yeah. there's obviously an audience for it. So if it's you know for you, go see. Yeah, it our theater was. packed. It's not for me. Our theater was packed. By the yeah, way, so is uh, yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was some people brought some young children to this. I was like, wow, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, maybe further explain exactly that suits abilities. Cause like I said, man, it was kind of confusing. I'm like, so does Which, that mean, I mean he can still hide from water? I mean, just, yeah. I'm just saying. And there were some points where he was in close quarters and my man James was throwing his freaking not this James, but the James in the movie was throwing fists and limbs everywhere, and he still wasn't touching anything. I'm like, well, that's why like, he, he was Adrian's dragging him from. Small the, guy. I think
0: he was dragging him from the back there, right? Does it give a you strength? Guy. I don't fucking know,
1: dude. James is pretty smart, strong guy. So I'm just saying, I that don't know. He yoked, seems to yeah. even match, but um, yeah, maybe I'd be curious about the sequel to see kind of what happens with the character Cecilia because it seems more like she was consumed with the power at the end too she's kind of walking away kind of creepy with the suit it's almost like she's like hey i, I got rid of the problem i can
0: finally sleep peacefully at night that's kind of and you never count. know
1: maybe she may use the suit to help other people you know in need and stuff and become like an anti-hero <laughs> who knows she becomes the invisible woman yeah, uh what about you i
2: mean i am interested to see a sequel on it i thought it was i don't I don't know what they're going to do with the character exactly especially with how it ended um i mean obviously they, they're building it up for a sequel but, I mean, she's she's gone through even more trauma from the time that, you know, the beginning of the film to the end, technically. So, I'm not, not sure if it's just like, oh, she's snapped now and she's going to be the invisible, you know, well, woman in this case. So, who knows where they're going to go with it and if they'll yeah. still keep with the trope. I, I got to mention, too, one particular scene I really enjoyed this one
0: was when she is talking to her sister at the dinner. Yeah. And then out of nowhere... You see the I thought that was just good filmmaking. I thought like, it was good. The sister's eyes are wandering, and mm-hmm. you're like, "The fuck, she looking at right?" That was pretty good. I thought it's I sp- thought she's
1: gonna look back and bitch had like spinach. Like, can you get that out of your teeth? Or something? <laughs> I, I, I no, I do, I do like how they switched some things around from the trailer that looked really bad in the trailer, but they switched them out because yeah. they were they weren't revealing certain things, and that was one of the scenes that they changed. Yeah, and I'm glad they, that they and did. They
0: switched the camera back, and you see the knife. I was like, yeah, Holy that was pretty shit. good. Shit, I was oh, like, Whoa. one scene
1: that they didn't change that. I, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be funny, but the way it was filmed, it looked like a spoof, which is when she's uh, picked up and slammed against the wall. God. It looked like a it, spoof. No, that is the worst CG. And yeah. I was like, oh no.
0: That does look the worst. It, I mean, once, it, but when I found out that the movie was made for like 7 million bucks, oh, I was like, makes sense actually. They're doing what they Every- can, right? <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a 100 million dollar movie like The Mummy, where it looked fantastic. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize this was so fucking low. I didn't realize it was so low budget. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, I mean... That questionable how much they paid Elizabeth Moss then, right? So I was like, oh.
1: The, action that action sequences when he was taking out the uh, the cops and security guards was pretty cool too, though. Yeah, I, like, I, I mean, hospital If, service if, if right
0: someone up. couldn't see you, you literally could walk up and start blasting fools, bro. Yeah. Like, God, that was pain. I couldn't look at certain scenes where she was cutting her wrists and shit. I was like, ugh. That was intense. I was like, Bill's <laughs> gonna look away on
2: this part. Too, <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs>
0: I was like, ugh, a
2: pen too. Good Ooh, God.
0: Right? I have one of those too. I'm like, oh God. All right, guys. So I mean, overall, last things i mean i mean to bill liked it i know marco didn't enjoy it but he did like aspects of it so yeah i th- i still think personally it's worth a watch um especially on the big screen i, I enjoyed this one quite a bit so
1: uh definitely worth seeing in what well, we saw it in xd at least it was cool kind of made see, it yeah. the, the ambience a little better but yeah i mean if you're a huge fan of horror then uh, go check it out otherwise did, yeah you, i know it
0: didn't quite hit your barks for it but i mean yeah it's
2: still i mean anything in, uh last words to bill um yeah i mean it's it's if you're a fan of uh psychological thrillers or horror i think it's worth a watch it's a it's a good movie to watch uh, for any kind of uh scary film fan honestly um the, like we said the end is a bit predictable but overall i very enjoyable nice and with that guys that is the end of podcast number
0: 68 i want to thank you guys all for listening here all the feedback the response or reviews
1: marco let them know how they can reach us Check us out on our social media at MoviePalsPod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you can hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Thanks, uh, Marco. Uh, Next time, guys, stay tuned for episode number
0: 69. We're going to be doing... we're, <laughs> we're going to be doing the quiet place part two so uh that one is going to be a bit of a gap normally we do these every other week that's going to be three weeks out so uh stay tuned and listen for that and also stay tuned after our little outro here we do have a special bonus segment we're going to be talking about so if you want to listen to that as well stay for after the credits but until then this is james and marco and the have a good one
2: After the credits.
0: Hey everyone, this is uh, James here again uh, with uh, Marco and Bill. So this is our new segment here after the credits. So it's kind of our bonus part because this kind of doesn't have to do with, I guess, guys. I'd say our movie watching for the most part. This is kind of yeah. we talked about it last pod. If you guys stay tuned, we were. Uh, it's kind of called the quote unquote challenge. And I put up quotation marks that only Marco can see. (laughs) So uh, this is going to be a segment where I don't really edit this part either. I'm going to try to keep it more kind of loose-based. I think that'd be kind of so you guys can see what goes in. It's kind of a behind-the-scenes segment, I guess, is what I'm aiming for.
2: Yeah,
1: for the most part. Yeah, a little extra for everybody. Originally, when we started this podcast, we are going to do a variety of media where it wasn't just going to be movies and TV shows. But we're also going to include video games and books and, I guess... TV shows uh, to sh- more
0: but it, it's more of a challenge. This yeah. segment itself, just kind of starting out, it's kind of a challenge. Like, hey, can you get this done before then? And let's see how it goes, right? So I know some people probably aren't interested in books, but our challenge last week, or last pod, was to read or listen to an audiobook or a real book. See? Slash real book. real book. <laughs> so the whole thing was it had to at least be 300 pages and... Basically, we announced what we were going to watch last time, and all we're going to do in this part is we're going to go over what we read or listened to, uh, talk about what it was to us, what we recommend, a quick little synopsis, and then we'll talk about our next challenge segment, the second of the three-parter. So, let's start out, I want to start out with Marco, actually, on this one, but go ahead and let us know what you,
1: I know you listen, we all listen to it, by the way, spoiler alert. Yeah, bit. it was all audiobooks. Yeah, so I did the Star Wars book Thrawn: Alliances, which is book two in the new Thrawn series, mm-hmm. written by Timothy Zahn, who's the original creator of the titular character Thrawn. And this which I've book, always liked, by the way. What's that? That they they let him like join the new canon. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they let him reintroduce the character yeah. and that you know gave him the reins as far as what he wanted to do with this version of the character. Mm -hmm. So the book was released in April of 2017, and its written format is 448 pages long. The basic plot of the book takes place within two time periods. Uh, The main one takes place after season three of Star Wars Rebels, so about two years before Star Wars New Hope. Oh, really? And the other part of the story Takes place after season five of Star Wars Clone Wars, so about a year or two before. Do they make it Ravens like apparent
0: when that is, or is it kind of like you have to figure out by what they're referencing? Uh,
1: you kind of have to figure it out, but you can tell okay. based That's on cool. the, the, the characters in each one of the, the time zones. The time zones, the oh, timelines. Nice. Time time yeah, yeah the time nice. periods. Because uh, even though both of the stories are connected, they have to do with, well, I guess I guess this isn't really a spoiler. So one is really about, like, Darth Vader and Thrawn. The other one is Anakin Skywalker and Thrawn, the parallels between those two. Gotcha. The basic plot of the story is Emperor Palpatine senses a disturbance of the Force. Surprise. <laughs> Shocker. And it's coming from the outer regions of unknown space. So he gets Thrawn, his... Uh, number one tactician, and Darth Vader, his number one enforcer, to go investigate what's going on. Vader and Thrawn shoot out to the unknown regions, which is where Thrawn comes from. So he's more familiar with those specific areas. Oh, so
0: this is, okay, that's cool That is during the Rebels thing, then.
1: Yeah, so he goes out there. Um, well, this is b- before anything else happens in, in rebels. rebels. At this point, Let's he's um, basically gone against Caden, uh, the Rebels, and the Bendu. Yeah. So it's around that area. And it's very well known that, you know, Thrawn suffered one of his first defeats. So yeah. that's kind of looming in the background. They get sent on this mission when all of a sudden they get pulled out of hyperspace. And it's weird because somebody's using gravity wells to pull ships out of hyperspace in this specific region of space, which is near uh, the Batuu star system. And they're trying to figure out, him and Vader, what the fuck's going on and what's so important about this area that people are trying to prevent ships from using these hyperspace lanes. Yeah. Enter the storyline from a few years ago back in the Clone Wars, and it's Anakin Skywalker who's investigating the disappearance of Padme because she went to go investigate one of her handmaidens, had a special diplomatic mission out also near the Batuu region. She disappears looking for her handmaiden, so Anakin goes out there, and in the process of investigating that, he runs into Thrawn, and it's his first meeting with Thrawn.
3: Mithrandu? Mithrandu, Yeah.
1: (laughs) And essentially, it's uh, the whole book is just the parallels of these two encounters and the changes between Anakin and Darth Vader, and how, you know, different but similar they are. Now, no one around the the modern time period n- knows who Darth Vader is. Everyone just sees him as this dark shadow that the emperor, you know, uses for, you know, a, a lethal enforcer. Nobody knows that he's Anakin Skywalker and he mm-hmm. likes to keep that way. But throughout the story, Thrawn is always picking at these threads and trying to say, "Huh, you sound, you seem really familiar." And I'm the greatest tactician. <laughs> yeah, you might call me Batman. So it's it's them just trying to outwit each other because they're kind of well, mainly Vader is kind of jealous. Slinging big dicks, huh? Yeah, okay. essentially. I see what they He's doing kind there. of jealous of Thrawn because he's supposed to be. You know the emperor's right-hand man and who's this fucking outsider coming out here that we're, yeah, yeah that we're using for these war efforts and gaining the emperor's favor and so that's <laughs> that's basically the gist of the story without me giving away too much did you um, like it it was okay you, first before you that did, did you like the first book a lot the first book was great really good yeah i i've book read was the amazing. first one i haven't read the second one yet i feel like the first book delves more into the inner thinkings of the character of thrawn mm-hmm. and as far as like how his tactics work yeah And I understand why this book doesn't do it so much because you're more familiar with it. It now more kind of explains what Thrawn's moves are going to be. And it kind of expects you to deduce why Thrawn is saying certain things or egging certain things out of both Anakin and Darth Vader. He's probably my my favorite part of the book. Actually, the interactions between Thrawn and Vader are my favorite parts. The interactions between... Anakin and Thrawn, not so much. you told me that it's like the whiny Anakin from Episode 2. Yes. That's, that's one my, of my main my like Anakin. problems with the book <laughs> is that we're so used to, at least us three are used to, the Anakin from the Clone Wars series where they actually expanded on the character they made him more of a, a resound character uh a, a natural leader and someone who has become a, a you know a true jedi master versus in the movies we just get this whiny punk that's just like you know it's so-and-so's fault so-and-so's fault and this anakin is essentially that anakin the one from attack of the clones that which
0: doesn't make just... sense if it's after
1: season three or four of clone wars right correct especially it's after season five. Oh wow! where he's no, like Jesus. it's it's You know, he's fully fleshed out. We're so used to, like, this Anakin that could carry himself. And you see that he's a damaged character, but at the same time, he's, you know, not some whiny punk. And it's it's sort of like two steps back, and that is because there's such a disconnect between the Disney Star Wars properties where... Nobody yeah. really, like, shares their notes or anything like that. Or I mean, supposedly do that. they
0: do, right? Supposedly.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense because Timothy Zahn is going off the source material that he has, which is the movies. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't, you know, bother to look at, the Clone you know, 50-plus episodes worth of shows and, and say, yeah, I'm going to base my character I feel like they should do that crap, dude. I mean, they should. But, um... The whole Vader dynamics, it starts off kind of like Vader's a little bit whiny, and then kind of like after chapter five or six, he starts to become more of the Vader that we know, and it's mainly just because he's letting his emotions and his fear and his anger get to him, but you start to see where he's grown, and he starts to kind of ground himself and kind of uses... So does
0: it got progressively
1: better then? Yeah, he uses his okay. training to, to outwit Thrawn and to say, no, my plan is better.
0: I mean, did it get more enjoyable throughout the listen of it? Those
1: parts did. Okay. The parts with Vader and Thrawn actually did. So when
0: they have the flashbacks, it's like, fuck.
1: Yeah, the yeah. action sequences are pretty cool in either time period, either mm-hmm. with Anakin or with Darth Vader and, and Thrawn. I like the way that they describe the use of the Force during the battles. They do this thing where both Anakin and Darth Vader talk about double vision, and that's how they, they fight. So they'll see like a bad guy do something and they'll see like the precognition of what the action is going to be. Yeah. And that's how they're able to deflect things with the lightsaber and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty cool dynamic that is not been explored. And I thought that that was very interesting and yeah. it's cool. Cause when that's they're cool. thinking, they actually say that they say double vision, you know, the character is lifting their, their blaster and they're aiming for my head and you kind of see the inner workings of how they fight. And it's pretty cool. It's cool. The yeah. whole Padme thing though which is a subplot of her being held hostage. and seems like a really random, like... <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I get it. Like, that's Anakin's motive to go out there and, and to go say, into the outer me. rim and stuff like that. That part, I didn't really find that interesting. Like, it's mainly her just kind of seeing the effects of the war and how it affects the galaxy. Yeah. And I, I, it has no real payoff just because you know what the end result is in the movies and what well, happens yeah. to her. Yeah. And they don't even really reflect on that versus the actions of Anakin and Darth Vader. You know that when they're feeling something, when they're reactionary to something, it leads to their overall arc as Mm -hmm. far as like Anakin's fall or as far as like what Darth Vader becomes. Yeah, of course. And those are the parts that are interesting with Padme it was just sort of like a throwaway. And I get that because they, you know, they need to motivate Anakin to go out there for some reason. It's got to be like, something
0: pretty big for him to go out of
1: his way. Yeah. To I do mean, like They right? could have chosen something else. Like it could have been like a Jedi, you know, council special mission.
0: Or fucking Obi-Wan or something. Yeah. Know.
1: There is a discovery in there. Like a, and they do discover what the mystery is and the connection between both stories. I found that pretty interesting. Overall my main my main issue was really with Anakin and, and Padme's story. I just felt like the way the character the character of Anakin was written and the whole self out with Padme was just sort of like a waste. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I didn't really enjoy. Like, I feel like if they just would have left the whole story, like, in the present with Vader and and, uh, and Thrawn. Yeah, but, I mean, the whole selling
0: point was the flashbacks that he, they know each other, but he's holding a secret back that he knows. About.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, it's not much of a spoiler, but you know, Thrawn's a really smart guy, and you can kind of tell that he knows who Vader is. Oh, he's yeah. He's just sort of toying with them throughout the book and saying, like, I know your secret, bro. Like, you don't you don't need to fucking— And then
0: Anakin's like, shut up, red eyes.
1: Yeah for the most part. Um, gotcha. Overall, I guess if you're a huge Star Wars fan, then probably read it or listen to the audiobook. If not, then you can probably really skip this.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, a little mixed bag there. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I understand you read Origin by uh, Dan Brown. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> I read Origin by <laughs> Dan Brown. The bill's, the bill's <laughs> just waking up. You, you sorry. Listen. Sorry, Nabil had to wake up real yeah. quick. Yeah, sorry. Um, I have not read uh, many of the Star Wars books. In fact, I think I've read two, so... I know I've seen all the shows though, so I got some of the references, but definitely not. Um, He's like me. Story for me, yes. Yeah. You're like I don't know who
1: Anakin is. Sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who is this Annie girl, huh? Annie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I read the book uh, Origin, written by Dan Brown. Uh, this came out uh, 2017. I think it was about a 461 pages long. Uh, James and I found some conflicting numbers, so we're not exactly sure what's. The I still feel number? like that book should be longer than that, though. But yeah. okay. Um, well, I, did, I didn't uh, read it, though, of course. I, you know, As we said, I, I listened to it. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, one of uh, Dan Brown's ongoing Robert Langdon books. It stars, or the, the general synopsis is that uh, when a billionaire researcher, uh, and I'm going to, I guess, say it's a spoiler, although it is written on the book. And, um, we'll, know, allow it. we'll allow it. So when billionaire researcher Edmund Kirsch is killed, It is up to Robert Langdon and Ambra Vidal to honor his memory by making public his findings concerning the origin of human life and its destiny. So it's set in Spain. It's in the Basque Country up north. Um, It kind of takes place in the Guggenheim. Um, And essentially, this guy Edmund Keir, she's supposed to be like an Elon Musk sort of character, and um, finds the meaning to life. Uh, and is going to reveal it to the world. But before he can, he gets murdered. And, of course, Robert Langdon's kind of in the middle of it and is, because of the fact that he knew his friend, this guy Edmund Kirsch, was going to try to make this public, decides to find a way to uh, find out where else he would have had the information so he can make that information public to the world and make sure it's released. But, of course, he gets himself involved with some religious... Uh, interests and some political interests that are trying to prevent this news from coming out, and um, you know there's there's action in it. People are people get killed. He's he's being chased down as he is in the films. There's a couple puzzles. Um, I will tell you that this book is probably the weakest of the five uh, out there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, if you're a fan of Robert Langdon um, and you know the whole series of, of books that dan brown has written on him um it is a worth a read just just to kind of finish through the series definitely not a strong one though i mean we the first three books like angels and demons uh the da vinci code the lost symbol they really help meld history together and the to plot very well so you were interested in in the aspects of what the subject matter was um at the time and yeah. then um, also, there was character growth. There's real investment with Langdon, getting to know about his backstory and how he solves things, and, and his interests and the characters around him too. You you really kind of were drawn to those characters and and uh, wanting to learn more about them and their backgrounds, and they were all very interesting. Um, you start getting into his later books like Inferno, which was his last book, um, which I thought had a great plot and had a very interesting premise, but. It, you didn't really get a lot more character growth of Langdon. It was really focused on just the, the plot itself and about the environment and uh, global warming and such. And then you've got this movie or this book, this, which I don't think will ever be a movie, um, yeah. which <laughs> is it's, it's a very thin plot. It has a great idea on, on a large scale but there really is no, like, I don't really care what happens to Langdon. I never feel like he's really in danger. There really, because there's nothing really, he just happens to fall into situation, which he has in other stories, but really his motivation is like, I need to help my friend because he died. Um, a friend that you the, Is the
0: payoff not worth it either?
2: Yeah, it, it's a lot of, um, a lot of preaching in this one. He kind of, there, there's a lot of um, talk about religion and science and what's fact and what's not, or presumably, and then what faith is. And there, there are like chapters in the book where literally um, Edmund Kirsch's character is just kind of grandstanding. His, you know, you're listening to him just talk about what what he's talking about, uh, history and science and stuff. And it's like, okay, we get it. You know, let's move on um, to whatever the the uh, reveal is. And once you finally get to the reveal, I was. It's pretty underwhelmed. I'm like, okay, well, interesting, I guess, but what's <laughs> this? Was you know, I got a hundred chapters in, and this is what you're giving me, kind of thing. It's like, it really you're me.
0: like, they already talked about this. Is Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy? yeah, man.
2: pretty much, you know, He's just, like it's 42. Um, there were some interesting aspects, like there's this uh, um, AI that's a part of it that seems very interesting, um, but they don't deal much with that character. The the wait, like, like a robot. Well, it's not necessarily a robot. It's just artificial intelligence. It's it's like a uh, okay. assistant. Uh, Amazon sort. Alexa, kind of, yeah, but very <laughs> smart, very woke. You obviously were pretty disappointed overall by this one, then. Yeah, I mean, was was I? I will say that the audio version of this book was better than the Dante, uh, the Dante's the uh, Inferno of the last, the you know, the last book. Same guy who did yeah. it, but it was much more compelling i was interested to keep hearing it but the story itself was pretty uh, pretty lackluster to be honest i i just was at a certain point just saying okay can we just like keep going and get this done with because i don't know i i kind of already know where this is going yeah so i'd say yeah it was disappointing it, it's definitely worth a read if you you like the series because it's it's like i said an interesting idea but if you're expecting something from like the the first three books something as big as that you're not going to get that here it's it's definitely going to oh, be uh, a bit of a disappointment in that sense
0: so it's down to me here guys um nope we're out of time sorry that's all guys <laughs> sorry <laughs> bye <laughs> say hello all right so i listened to because i did audiobook as well through audible i've had uh, this book for a while it's called armada this is written uh written by ernest klein he wrote ready player one in 2011 Uh, this book was released on July 14th, 2015. It has 370 pages to it. So, I think all three of us have read Ready Player One, right? Yes. Yes. So, and I liked that book a lot. Same. I love the pop reference, uh, all the pop culture references to it. It, I mean, I think at times it probably heavily relies on it a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Armada is very similar to that kind of style, which is kind of good and bad in a way. Like, I got through it really quick, but it was a movie that I think I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, especially after how much I liked Ready Player One. So this book is about a kid. He's 18 years old. He lives... It's kind of set in present day, a little bit, probably beyond. It's supposed to be set in, like, 2018. So when so it came the, out... The nearby future. Yeah, it was 2015. It was 2018. Qu- but, quote, unquote. Yeah, quote, unquote. He is a guy that... He's uh, like his dad died when he was young. He lives with his mom. He plays a video game called Armada, where it's like a flight simulator kind of game in space, and it's a kind of like he's really good. He's like in the top ten ranking in the world, right? Sounds
1: very familiar. <laughs> yeah,
0: trust me on that. And the thing is, well, there's a little bit more to it than that thing is, his uh, there's like two games that are really popular. It's called Armada. One's called Terra, where it's more of like a mech game, like on the ground kind of forces. Mm-hmm. So what happens is one day, it kind of just takes a sharp left turn. Obviously, like uh, a UFO shows up, like an unidentified ship. He sees it. He thinks he's going crazy. He's like, oh, this is nuts. Like, I've been playing the game too fucking long. Like, that's a ship from the game. Like, I just saw an enemy ship. Oh, shit. And then when he's at school, uh, he basically is picked up like a, a I'm not trying to spoil it. Yeah, I am. It, to a point. It's not really spoiling it. But there's an a Earth Defense Force team that kind of comes down and picks them up and reveals to them that, hey, the game that you've been playing is actually like a simulator. And because you're in the top 10, this is something where basically we're taking you and the best people and we're going to let you in on a secret and... It's it's pretty nuts, right? So they reveal That's wild. they do it. It's wild as fuck. They they reveal that there's aliens on the planet, uh, the moon of Europa, planet uh, moon of Jupiter that have been like slowly sending ships out every year since like the end of World War Two. Jesus. And basically, every time they've been playing the game, it's actually real stuff going on. Very Ender's game like, by the way.
3: <laughs> Very <laughs> that Ender's. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: Trust me, I was very aware of that. I was like, okay, it sounds like Ender's Game. Except Ender's Game, they're getting tricked the whole time. Spoiler for Ender's Game, guys. And they're not aware of it until the very end. Like, wait, that was the mission? But this one, they're like, <laughs> we know what's going on. Yeah. And it's revealed that basically the alien force are sending like an ultimate armada to the planet Earth to destroy him once and for all. But the thing is, Zack is kind of a pretty smart kid for the most part. And... Something about this entire scenario just seems really familiar to him. And I'll leave it at that. There's the, there's a bit of a twist to the entire book itself, which is actually kind of cool if you think about it. You just piqued Bill's interest right now. Well, Bill's like, what a twist, yes. As he <laughs> twirls his mustache. Yeah, show me. Uh I liked most of the book. I'd say I like eighty percent of the book. The book is really well done. I think Urs Klein has a really good way of implementing, like, the pop culture into his books. Just like, yeah, yeah, just like Ready Player One. This one's a lot more up-to-date from Ready Player One, I think, because it's, I think Ready Player One relies a lot on older games, kind of Atari games, moving forward to a point. Right. The movie more so Common Day, but they kind of had to change it up to incorporate more people. And the only thing is just that Zach Lightman, as opposed to the hero from Ready Player One, isn't as likable though. Like he's older than the kid from ready player one. So he's more of an adult, right? So, cause he's 18 and the whole book actually only takes place in the matter of like two days or something. Oh really? That's while, wild. Okay. While ready player one, I believe was like, like months go oh, on. Yeah, right. Little- I yeah. think at points yeah. where he's like, I can't find the Easter egg and they're trying to, I mean, I remember like it goes on for a while. Uh, this one. Yeah. It's two days, like straight. Like it's from the beginning, some stuff happens and then the next day is done. And I have to say that I was talking to Bill about it. That there's a point that listening to it, like I only had like two hours left, and the aliens still hadn't <laughs> showed up. I was like, "What <laughs> the fuck is going on?" <laughs> you know? And I where get, the goddamn aliens? Where are the aliens at? They gotta go kill these guys. They gotta get into their little spaceships. I think it's really anticlimactic. The book oh, overall, I didn't like how it ended. That's all. The whole thing is like the way it ends is very much like, why do I care about this? Right. And why is it happening this way? Which it's hard to explain because I don't, I don't, there is a pretty big twist in the entire book. And I'll say this much, I think for the most part, since you guys did enjoy Ready Player One, you probably would still enjoy this book. Uh, it was easy listen because, uh, once again, for the, I mean, I'm pretty sure for all the versions, but Will Wheaton narrates this one as well. And nice. he narrated Ready Player One, and I think he does a really good job of kind of incorporating different voices for people and kind of talking about what's going on. Overall, the way that narrate, narrates, I really enjoy. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know. It's just something... I like how all three of us were like lukewarm under books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. if I'm being
1: honest, the, the, the ending to my book was a little bit anticlimactic too. I yeah, dude, like, I literally was like... And? Man. I was like at the gym running when it happened. I was like...
3: Yeah, that's it, huh?
0: That's yeah, kind of how that. I felt, too. Like, like literally, like, wow, I was just okay. like,
1: wow, I guess I'll just start another one now. Like, I
0: was like... Uh,
1: I woke up, and I was crashed against the, uh, you know, center divider. And you like, woke oh,
0: up, you're like, shit. where the fuck am I? Is the book? Did he find out it's Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> With tears in his eyes. Unlimited power! He just yelled out, he said, Mithrandu! <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they supposedly this movies this book's being made into a movie as well.
2: Oh, is it? So,
0: oh, Ready Player One yeah. did do well, so... Ready Player One did well, but the thing is, Ares Klein is working on a sequel to Ready Player One now, which actually I kind of like because I really like the characters in that book. Ready Player Two?
3: Ready Player... Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> don't be shocked. Start... Player select, Two start. Up, down. Yeah. up, up, down, down, it's left, the right, the Konami right. code! B-A start? My God. A hey, R I P. Yeah, R-I-P. Dude passed away. Yeah, Um. so, I mean, it's one of those things where... I enjoyed it probably more than you guys enjoyed your books, but Sounds as like opposed it. to the previous book, just like Marco's with his previous one, the like, I know mine doesn't connect to the other one at all. Spoiler alert there, so you don't have to think that it does connect. But I know Marco's, like, he came from the first Thrawn book's, uh, really good, you know, and it's hard because that's his is a continuation. Supposedly, mine is for the same guy, and it has the same kind of themes to it all. But it's just yeah. like God. It's just, its it, overall, it's this Ready Player One's is just a better book, man. Yeah, the book moves too fast. Like the fact that it all happens in two days. It's kind of like yeah. it's like, dude. Truthfully, no one would be able to adjust to something like this this so quick. quickly. Like, yeah. Hey, by the way, those aliens are real. Like, wait, what? I like because they have um they. He always incorporates two like famous people or real people in his books too. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, uh, what's the guy that originally did the uh, show that Neil deGrasse Tyson took over for? Carl Sagan. Yeah, Carl Sagan's in this book, for instance. That's dope. Which is pretty cool. I like that whole sequence that like Carl Sagan knew about this for like decades, and the reason why he was in on it was because they were helping him fund his stuff too, in the hopes that they would try to find a, a like broker peace with the aliens. Yeah. So if I like stuff like that, that's cool. But they don't focus on it enough, man. So yeah, for the most part, guys, I was pretty pretty lukewarm <laughs> man so overall how did you guys like the challenge was it easy was it hard was it i found it pretty easy i did this while i was building legos and shit <laughs> so yeah, i got yeah, through it in like yeah, three nights I, so I was like done so yeah i mean it i thought it was fun though i haven't listened to audio book in a while
1: i i i liked it i uh, it i just wish my book was a little better go through my library and finally like you know i have knock-
0: that thron book by the way and you're not really selling it. Yeah, no, up. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll do it though. I have it though. I was, I was like, you oh.
1: underestimate my power. I was, like, I was like, damn, I hope
0: it's good. But then you're like, tell me this. I'm like, never
1: mind, it sucks. <laughs> that was my idea. No, yeah. What about
0: you, Nabil? Was it? I mean, I mean, I've, you had the longest one out of yeah. all of us.
2: Like, I, I found it difficult to find time to read a book in such a short period of time. But you know, it did drive me to finish a book. And uh, I mean, typically, it would have just held it off a long time I and mean, we've had the book since i've actually bought this book uh early last year so oh, wow. um and then i bought the audio version because i was i was reading i was like i'm not going to get through this in time
1: yeah same <laughs> i i started reading the digital version of the book and then i was like wait a minute i think i also have the audio i drive a lot for work and i'm like this is just way more fucking convenient yeah. stuck in traffic for like an hour yeah and a half. mine's
0: either driving or working at a desk i just turn it on while i'm like doing spreadsheets and
1: stuff yeah. I'm like, yeah so yeah it, i mean it it was it was fun that we went outside of our comfort zone and did something different for the pod. Yeah, because
2: yep. just like
0: the said, I would have waited probably. I would have probably spread this out longer. Like this would have taken me like a month to listen. to Plus, it like right.
1: how many times have we done movies in which we've read the book prior to it, and we? I wasn't even thinking it, so... that. Other than Ready Player One, I don't think we've ever. Well, it That was. Oh, but well, only me, and you though. Yeah. the last sure, book yeah. I read
2: was for, re- for a movie. And actually, well,
1: I also did the. Yeah. The the Nellie Portman What was that one? Yeah, Armored Kidding? No, Annihilation. 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 I was almost gonna do the second book in that series because hey, it's yeah. a trilogy too. I, you I said it was better than the movie, so yeah. Although, yeah, the book is great. I read that book twice. I'm gonna read the
2: uh, graphic novel for Bloodshot. That's uh, what I'll be doing next.
1: <laughs> it's I want to uh, have the, the novelization
2: uh, yeah. and Vin Diesel narrates it. I don't think that's the next
1: challenge.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So speaking of which, guys, our next challenge here. Yeah, because we randomized it before. We actually revealed what this, the, it was last time. It is a TV show. So this is going to be, because we have three weeks, We I made it, I made. I, made, I mean, I, I guess I did it without asking, but whatever. Uh, so it needs to be at least <laughs> 10 episodes long. If the show's less than 50 minutes, it needs to be at least 13 episodes. If it's 50 minutes to an hour on average, 10 episodes is fine, you know? So it's got to be a new series. You can't do, like, season two. So Marco couldn't do, like, season two of The Punisher or some shit. Nabil couldn't do one of his British shows. I don't know. <laughs> um so it's a start a fresh start just to kind of start something new just to open up your mind and just get to it so you can talk about it on the after the credits second section next time so uh we will reveal it what we're going to do here so starting with you nabil what is the show you're going to watch
2: i'm going to watch uh it's a new netflix show based off a graphic novel as well called lock and key damn that was on my list (laughs) (laughs) well that means i'm not doing lock and key nice no 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 that's totally fine i had more than one just in case Yeah, um, it looks interesting, and um, I, I don't know if it's creepy or if it's, you know, wholesome. I can't really tell, and I'm interested
1: to find out about it. Very nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? I will be doing the DC Universe's Titans.
0: Excellent. I, I'm i interested to see what you will say about that one. Yes. So, guys, mine, basically, I was going to choose. Well, I did have lock and key as one of my options, but, I you know, I left it just in case. But it's either going to be—I uh, have two choices here, so I'll make the decision now. It's either Dark, the—I believe it's a German horror show—that it's also on Netflix. It's supposed to be very similar oh, to yeah, Stranger that, yeah. Things, mm-hmm. or Dark Crystal. But you know, what, guys, I'm going to go Dark Crystal because sometimes I watch these while I'm doing things, and I can't read subtitles when I do, do that. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Dark Crystal uh, television show. That's ten episodes long, uh, which is a prequel to the. Uh, movie from the 80s. So I just watched the movie like a week or two ago, but it sounds like I probably should have waited and watched <laughs> it afterwards. So, uh, so, yeah, I'll be doing The Dark Crystal. Awesome. Very cool yeah. choice. So, guys, that's it. That's the end of the show there. Stay tuned for our next time when we will be talking about our uh, TV show segment uh, at the end. So, until then, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.